Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This highly practical podcast series explores HR and management hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Brought to you by Actors Software, our aim is to build a better workplace for people. The HR Uprising is about collaborating and supporting each other to build the confidence and skills to rise up to each challenge and deliver real, lasting business value. You can find out more at hruprising.com or join our LinkedIn community. Now introducing your host, chartered psychologist, best-selling author, entrepreneur and speaker, Lucinda Carney. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, as ever, Lucinda Carney, and this is a bit of a acknowledgement and reflection episode. As we move through into the festive season, I thought it might be a good time for us to take stock, not least because we are heading at speed towards our 100th episode, which means we have put out episodes every single week over the last 90 odd weeks since May 2020 and all through the festive period last year. And that's also why I'm doing this episode now, because this should be going out on the 14th of December. And my plan is actually to take two weeks break. We know there's more than enough content out there if you're desperate for your HR uprising fix. And I'm sure in reality, you've got more than enough things to keep you busy over that period of time. But I thought it was actually something which was important for me to demonstrate that I'm also taking my own advice Seriously, HR people professionals have had a year like no other year. We know that. I'm I'm on a number of groups and I can see how pressured and how tired and exhausted and how much people have put in. And so I'm really, really hoping that many listeners, if you hadn't already decided to do so, will decide to take a really proper break over Christmas and New Year. It can be a great time to do that. There's plenty of opportunity for us to Um, well, actually, interestingly, perhaps with the social events being less, maybe to take a step back because sometimes it goes so quickly because it's really, really busy. But it's an opportunity, isn't it, for us to take stock and actually have a break. So this is my last podcast of 2020 and we will be back in the new year on the 4th of January. And I really, really hope that you'll be back to join us then as well. So what have I got in store for you during this episode? I felt it would be really nice to look back on some of the content that we've covered because 52 episodes in a year, plus more than that actually, because we did the virtual management series. If you didn't catch that or send that onto your line managers, you can go to the website hruprising.com and it's that nice series. There's now a playlist that you can pass on to your line managers all about virtual people and performance management. So if that was something that's of interest, we've we've copied all of this. There's lots and lots of content that we've covered. And I must admit, I'm sure, you know, I've forgotten the content that's in there and I was doing it. So I'm sure most of us would find the odd thing that's worth reflecting back on. I feel that we've had some brilliant guests on, some fantastic masterclasses. The Real HR series has had some amazing feedback and we will continue that in 2021 because it's so nice to connect with people and you know the actual listeners and share people's stories. I know many people find a real story almost more inspiring than somebody that we have on a pedestal. 
I've got some great experts lined up for 2021 and there's lots of other content that we still have planned. So while you're still listening to us, if you are still listening and enjoying what I do, please do let me know if there's any topics that you'd like me to cover and plan in in 2021 because we've covered a lot already. I've always said I'll stop doing this when people no longer enjoy it or don't find it of value. However, uh, for now, we're planning certainly to go to our 100th episode and I'm super excited about the guests that we have lined up for that, which will go out in January. So back to this episode, what are we going to do? Well, it was a difficult choice really because I wanted to select a theme to hang content together and there's been a number of themes that we could look at. I've already mentioned people management. We've talked lots about that. There's lots of content on that. Also, we talked about change. How do people learn? performance management, talent management. We did quite a bit on values, visions, vision, objectives and planning, strategic planning. So it was interesting to choose what would be the right topic to maybe have a cluster of excerpts to share with you uh, that might inspire you to go back and listen again to some of these episodes. Well, of course, the logical topic was the topic of well-being. We have had a year like no other, haven't we? So this is something where HR people professionals have been worrying about other people's well-being, but quite a lot of the time we should also be worrying about our own. So that's what I thought would maybe be the theme to just share a few little clips with you during this episode as a nice reflection on what we've covered and maybe a nice opportunity to think about how we can look after ourselves over this festive period. So the first excerpt is actually from episode 63, Practical Wellbeing Strategies. That was a massively popular episode and also I did a number of webinars on this and incidentally if you keep an eye out or follow us on actus, actus.co.uk, sign up for our webinars. I do two webinars every single month, one aimed at HR, one aimed at um, line managers and they have been really really well attended and well-being has been a topic that people have found hugely valuable. Also for that episode there's a load of lovely resources we've got a lovely synopsis of content and loads of resources like infographics that you can share with your people. So the episode in question um, what I'm talking about here is something which is quite personal to me and it's actually personal to my family but I think it's a really good analogy for us to think about how we can spot issues with well-being early. Let's listen to the clip now. So if we are lucky enough to spot the signs of us hitting a down, then the key really is for us to avoid falling into that dark black hole. And it's easier said than done for many. But I take that from my sister, who is somebody who's had a huge number, a huge amount of CBT, huge amount of counselling. And I always remember her saying that, um, they, that her counsellor had said that mental illness or mental health is a bit like falling into a black hole. And the first few times you actually just don't see it coming and you just fall into it. The problem is once you're in that black hole, you can't get out of it. And once you get a bit more experienced at what that feels like or when you can spot something, you can see that black hole coming and maybe walk around it. And I think that's the purpose for me of this podcast is to help ourselves be open shouldn't be any stigma about the fact that we can all fall into a black hole or have a black dog, my grandma used to call it. Uh, it's perfectly natural and normal and we can make it more likely to happen for ourselves if we're not looking after ourselves um, and we can also prevent it. But the key is what can we do to spot these things early so that we don't have people 
who end up being off work for, for a sustained amount of time because they have ended up in a, in a, you know, a clinical type depression. So I hope you enjoyed that clip. I think it's a great analogy, avoiding a black hole. We don't want to fall into it. It's prevention is better than cure. And our link here is then onto the next episode that I wanted to look at, which was actually an earlier episode called Managing Stress into Productivity. It was episode 50. And what I was talking about here is this idea of controlling what we can control. For many of us, the whole lockdown, the pressures and stresses that we've been through over the last year, it's made people feel out of control. We know that actually neurologically, if we feel that we can't control things, then that can make us extra anxious. And therefore, key strategies for managing stress are all about controlling what we can control. So I think this particular episode and excerpt is quite a nice one to talk about. If you can control nothing else, just focus on one little thing that you can control. Here we go. And then controlling what you can control. And this is honestly one of the most important ways of managing stress. Just focus on what you can control. I saw somebody uh, who was a, a psychologist say that, said, even if it involves just controlling the hell out of your sock drawer, do that, whatever gives you that sense of control. So first of all, identify what it is in any situation, however small, that you can control and focus on that. You might not be able to control that you've had to put a thousand people on furlough or at risk, but what you can control is how you do it. All right. And that's similar to the point we made earlier. So whether you're giving support um, webinars, whether you're giving a message from the CEO, think about those things about how you do it. You can always control. The other things to think about are your routine. You can control your routine. You might not be able to control the fact you're working from home, but you can control what time you get up in the morning, uh, whether you have a shower and get dressed, whether you exercise and what you eat. You could make this your time to drink three litres of water a day and you know feel so amazingly hydrated and well to think. That is completely within your control. So focus on those things that you can control and absolutely do those religiously to give yourself that sense of structure. Also, linking on from controlling what we can, can control and Stephen Covey's work there, he also talks very much about our emotional bank account and having a sense of trust within ourselves, building trust with ourselves, and that actually being something you can control. So if we think about well-being, we might say, we could decide to exercise daily or go for a walk daily. Now that's something that's entirely within our control, even in winter where we might have to adjust our, our schedule to get out and do it. And his idea is really that the more we set and keep small goals with ourselves, the more we, send, we build a sense of trust. It's all about being trustworthy. And if we're trustworthy, others will trust us. So I felt this is quite a nice analogy when we think about well-being in ourselves, but also how we build trust with others. And in particular, how line managers build trust with a remote audience that we've of course got with lots of people working remotely. So this excerpt is all about how to build trust. It's from episode 67. So if we want to develop trust, we have to start with ourselves and we have to start with self-trust where we actually have confidence in ourselves to set and achieve small goals. 
And this does make me think about some of the managers who don't trust. Do they not trust themselves? Is this all about fear? You know, the whole thing about um, bullies, often it's about them feeling massively insecure. Many things do come back to how the individual feels about themselves. So how can we help managers build trust with themselves? But what we want to do is um, maybe set and achieve small goals. There's, even if it's things like saying, actually, I'm going to get in the, up in the morning to exercise. It's not setting intentions and not doing this. If we have a to-do list, make it realistic. And then we feel proud of ourselves for achieving it. And we build trust in our capability to achieve. So it's about building trust, making and keeping small goals to ourselves. And then you move on to relationship trust, which is about how we behave with other people. So consistency. And our trust is going to grow when we are straightforward and we don't have hidden agendas. So this can start with us. If we're open with others, very often people are open back. It almost makes it safe. But you can tell when someone's closed with you to start with. So it's kind of saying if we want to build a trusting relationship, we have to take the lead um, and have the humility to acknowledge our own weaknesses or difficulties and the grace to recognise when other people have achieved so we build trust by building others up and show loyalty and respect by not talking others down. And of course, any collection of content from the year 2020, certainly in the workplace, would not be complete without us looking at the topic of homeworking. So this particular episode was all about effective homeworking and I put it out at the start of the very first lockdown. It was a 10 tips for effective homeworking. In fact, if you look on YouTube, there's a fairly light-hearted set of video clips with lockdown hair and my children being involved in demonstrating in a light-hearted way our 10 tips for effective homeworking. Who then thought that this would still be going on nine months later and actually is probably going to go on for close to a year? So I thought maybe it's worth us sharing those top 10 tips because although we've all got into the habit of homeworking, I am conscious that there are lots of people who are still sitting at the kitchen table. Perhaps life has started to um, expand, work has started to expand too much into our home life. It's become uh, all encompassing and that in itself might be affecting our well-being. So maybe it's a time for us to just remind ourselves of those top 10 tips for effective homeworking and consider whether we need to refresh any of them or make a few changes here and there. So trying to get a designated place that we consider to be our workplace, make sure we've got kit that's going to allow us to be productive, proper monitor and chair, create routines, be comfortable, um, but create routines that are not just about working. Because actually it's by getting that external stuff that's going to allow you to be fresh enough to keep on focusing. With that in mind, however, make sure you do plan what you're going to do. Plan big rocks in. Close things down at the end of the day. Plan at the end of the day for tomorrow. Ensure that you are getting a chance to move around. Then think about managing your environment, managing interruptions and in social media. Try to uh, keep a lid on anxiety, so control what you can control, choose the right attitude um, in terms of, of things and control the information that's coming into you. When you're on email, maybe jump out of email, choose to pick up the phone or use a collaboration technology instead and be prepared to have a bit more social chit chat via collaboration technology than you would do normally 
to make sure that people feel connected. Even if you don't feel you need it, you might find the other people do. So we're still human and we've got to keep that going. Now I've got to put a little bit on change in here. The excerpt I'm choosing is from episode 55, Supporting Individuals Through Change. And this is very much linked to wellbeing, which is after all the topic of this podcast. But actually successive change is really a major issue for people in terms of wellbeing, or it can be if it's not managed well. And I had my own change and my own challenge this year in terms of launching a book on the topic of change. So if you want to more, know more about change, do consider checking out that book, How to Be a Change Superhero, which I launched during lockdown. So there was lots of change and newness going here for us, learning how to do a lockdown book release. But this particular excerpt is really about thinking about how people can just deal with change, how we can support people, how we can enable people to come to terms with change in a positive way and hopefully utilise it uh, for a more positive future. So my thinking here is that we know the best way to deliver organisational change is to make sure we bring people with us. The best way to do that is by listening to people's concerns and their thoughts as to how to negotiate the change together. The likelihood is you will have natural risk takers who like change, who are going to adapt to the next phase of this situation far more effectively than those who are naturally anxious. On the other hand, those who have a tendency to be anxious are really likely to fear the return to the workplace. It might increase the risk of mental health issues. They might go sick. Um, We need to listen to their concerns because we'd rather have them working remotely than just going off on sickness. And we're going to need to get our line managers to do the same because people professionals on their own cannot do this. Again, going back to this league of people got people to stay at home that was more social. You need to make sure that the internal league of um, supporters are on side in terms of helping people decide how to come back to work. I don't see that a three-line whip getting people back into the office Monday to Friday is going to be productive. I think it's the reverse. So we need to think about how can we negotiate with our colleagues and support them in finding a new great way of working? What does our new workplace look like? What have we gained from this way of working? Um, And what are we missing? And how can we define something that is new and inspiring for our workplace? It's clear that you know, just because restrictions are lifted, people are not going to want to jump on a packed tube at rush hour tomorrow. And we know that a second peak isn't going to help us or the NHS. So my suggestion, I suppose, my takeaway is, is now a great time to talk to our colleagues about what is working about this current setup and what isn't. Could we agree a new set of working practices that will bring people along with us and alleviate anxieties for many? So it's a real opportunity for consultation, asking people, I don't know whether they survey them, interview them, suggestions, however you can gather information, but involve people now about what would they like to see the future workplace to look like. We know that many people have been more effective, not less effective when they've been at home. Not everybody. So maybe the other question is, how can we, if we are going to retain a level of remote working, ensure that the visibility and accountability is in place. You know, are people delivering against current or outdated objectives? Are they being managed effectively by the line manager? Um, Have you got systems in place that's perhaps giving that visibility and structure 
um, for remote people management. So really engaging those line managers and actually have your line managers got the skills to manage remote workers effectively. We know that there's a dearth of skills in line management and that was in the old style of working. So is there something to look at here in terms of better virtual people management skills um, and virtual people management um, systems? Perhaps those are the things which you could look to um, support our next phase of working practice. Then finally, hands down, one of the most popular episodes that I did as a solo episode. And actually, if I do see it myself, I think it's quite a decent listen. I did quite a lot of research for this one and actually it's from November last year, so I've snuck it in. It's actually from 2019. But I felt it was worth sharing with you and reminding many of us about this because it's all about imposter syndrome. And I feel that our listeners, you know, everyone's had one heck of a year. We've all done the best we possibly can under incredibly difficult circumstances. And I felt that it might be worth just sharing a little bit about my own views on imposter syndrome and my own experiences of it, which might uh, maybe inspire you to go back and search that episode out and have a listen in case that's something that affects you, because I think we do all suffer from it a little bit and it can hold us back. So perhaps if your New Year's resolution is to get rid of that little imposter that sits on your shoulder and that's going to allow you to feel better, do better, achieve more, it's going to maximise your own well-being and state of mind, then that episode is worth a listen. And here's a little clip from our imposter syndrome episode, which was episode 43. To my mind, it's something where we can use it as having a bit of a reality check. And it's always good to have a bit of a reality check to keep our feet on the ground, check we're connected. Now, I mean, I've experienced it a lot over the last few months with what I've done here, launching the podcast. I had a major internal battle with myself about whether I had anything of value to say. And doing anything like this, you are putting yourself out there and it really, really feels exposing. Um, But I had to override it because I'd been convinced it was the right thing to do for a range of reasons. And logically, I think, well, everybody has something of value. That's why I have experts on. I don't know everything subjects like this, I've had to do lots of research. I'm only telling you what I've investigated. I'm not saying that I'm the expert on imposter phenomenon. I've just done some homework on it and I'm sharing it. But over time, I think during the podcast, I have become a little bit more confident um, as you realise that we're all learning together and that's the point of it. So it's normal, but you know, sometimes it's perhaps not so helpful. So that's it for our reflections episode. I hope it reminded you of a few little clips from really good episodes that people have enjoyed, got a lot of value out of. Maybe it will inspire you to go back and check out the back catalogue of HR Uprising. As ever, you can access all of those episodes, obviously from your podcast library. But if you want to go and search through the different episodes that are out there, because there's plenty of them, and also access the links, because we do try to provide you with extra information, extra useful resources, if at all possible. A number of them have got downloadable worksheets, um, infographics, just content that you might be able to use more widely. So just go to hruprising.com and you'll be able to make use of those. So we're nearly there. I'm hoping that you're inspired now to have your own break and uh, take some time out. 
If you are looking to develop yourself next year, or actually you want to develop your line managers or even young execs, you might be interested in taking a look at our suite of virtual training programs that have really taken off. One of the things I think about this new way of working is that we've realized that learning remotely is not impossible. And actually there are some major benefits in terms of being able to um, fit that learning into your day and actually get a social element to it. Certainly I have learned a huge amount about how to make learning really interactive and fun remotely. And the three courses that we now have established, we've got open courses booking now in January. One is the How to Be a Change Superhero course. Um, we ran our first one. I loved my first cohort. Um, there's feedback on the website about it. And we have a, basically a group of about 12 of us working together all through. It's a three module program and it's really all about best practice and change management. Loads of practical tips, working with a, a group of like-minded colleagues. And generally speaking, it's people professionals that join me on that. So if you want to work personally with me, um, I'll be kicking off how to be a change superhero virtual training in January. There are courses available there. The other program that has gone very, very well, which we kicked off this year, is our virtual people management training. Now, as you know, you heard the web series that I did. I've also got an ebook. Many, many businesses have realized that line managers need support and training and new skills if we're going to engage people remotely. Frankly, they needed them before. But um, working remotely, I think, has really brought that to the fore. So we've got a four module program. I facilitate a number of them. And that's all about virtual people management. Um, we run it as an in-house program as well. And I've got about five or six of those booked for 2021. So we're going to be busy bees. And then finally, the newest course that's emerging that will be available, I think, February is our Accelerate course, and it's all aimed at young execs. One of the things about people joining the workplace during 2020 is that they haven't had the experience of seeing the etiquette almost of the workplace. In fact, maybe the etiquette has changed in the workplace. So it's been a really tricky time for people to, to start, whether they're grads or you know from school or any particular, um, wherever their, their background, it's been a tr tricky time to join, particularly if you haven't been in a particular working environment before. So our Accelerate programs is really your young professionals uh, training course, giving people those essential skills, um, tools around communication, around personal brand, um, and helping them to work out how to navigate this strange new world, um, particularly when there are no, when there's no one around to look at or to emulate. So those three virtual training programs, if you're interested in any of those, do get in touch. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Again, as I mentioned at the start, I'd love to know if you want me to cover any specific topics on the HR Uprising. And if you've enjoyed what we do, please do share it. Uh, comment, um, feedback would be so um, much appreciated. I read all the feedback people provide us with um, and a review would be much appreciated as well. So all that remains for me is to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and to thank you sincerely for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast this year. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising, proudly brought to you by Actor Software, 
the Joined Up Performance and Talent Management Solution. You can access links to any of the information or resources mentioned in the show via the podcast page at www.hruprising.com. If you like what we do, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and leave a review. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising. 